Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. What's up, guys? This is Alex from Auburn, and you're listening to Concerts That Made Us Podcast. Welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thank you for having me, sir. 
It's great to have you. I'm looking forward to diving into your music now for the next bit. So we opened the show with Push. It's from the EP of the same name, which you released in February. Would you like to tell us a bit about the track? Um, so that song is, it's the single off of that EP. Um, it's the one that we're pushing to all the, all the radio and stuff. It's kind of the one that went along, um, with this tour that we're out on at the moment. Um, it was actually recorded towards the end of 21. We went out to Las Vegas, uh, over here in the U S and recorded with a couple of guys that had just come off of, um, fresh recording with a band called corn. They did their Requiem album and, uh, honestly all i got to say about it is is we're more proud of that song and and the rest of the package dp that comes along with it than we've ever been with any of our uh any of our early stuff so we're really excited to see where it takes us yeah yeah i was i was going to say i'm i'm sure you don't uh head out to las vegas every time you're going to write and record what was that experience like um i mean it was definitely new to us because uh beforehand we had always recorded in our local area we had a we had a producer we were working with that only lived like within an hour of us. Um, but we got in touch through some, uh, through some mutual friends with uh, James Harley and Chris Collier are the two guys we went out and recorded with in Vegas. It was just, uh, I don't know. It was a life-changing experience, man. Like, first of all, the trip when you're going with your, you know, your three best friends um, was one thing, but then getting into the studio and working with people of that caliber that just, you know, they've dedicated their lives to this. We, it was just a massive learning experience. And, I, I have nothing bad to say about it. Only good things to take away. It was it was really awesome, and we made the best music we could out there. You guys are currently on tour. What's the reaction like when you're playing those those songs live? Um, it seems it seems good so far. Um, like I said, the uh, you know the the tour and the the EP coming out kind of all together around the same time was was pretty intentional. So hopefully, at least a few people that we're playing to every night know the know the tunes, but. Um, they they seem to go over really well, uh, especially push the single goes over live really well and get a couple sing alongs and you know hoping we can grab some new fans out of this tour uh, playing that music for them. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want. And you also released a pretty cool music video. I love the visuals in it. What was the the whole process like for the video? Um, honestly, it was pretty easy going. Um, we didn't really want to have to you know, anything too complicated or anything just for to, to go with along with that simple uh, kind of just grooving song. So we just decided to go with a playthrough video. And uh, we used a guy, his name is Alex Eric and his partner, uh, Brian Olivo. Um, and they just they have it figured out, man. They they made it so easy on us. All we really had to do was show up and play the song. And he just kind of directed us around and, you know, made it a really easy and, and fun experience for us. So it was a blast. Yeah, yeah. And something I've noticed about you guys when looking into you, you're definitely a band on the way up. You know, things are starting to happen for you guys. Personally, what has the journey been like for you since 2016 to this point? Um, I mean, it's really been it's really been tough. You know, we're all uh, we're all normal guys outside of this. We all work day jobs. So, you know, we all have, have families and, you know, all the uh, all the home life stuff. So, you know, kind of we're in this transitional period right now where things are starting to get like really rolling after we've been at it for so long. It's like, like you said, it's, it's been a journey at the least, a lot of ups and downs, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything, man. This is, this is what we're all, you know, going after. This is all of our dreams. So we're just trying to make a reality off of it now. And there's plenty of good things and, and plenty of crappy things that happen, but you gotta, you gotta make it all worth it. So it's been, it's been crazy so far. Hopefully it continues for a long time now. I can't wait to see where you're where you're at even at the end of this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh to 2023, man. It's I've, it's it's 
we're thinking it's going to be a big one for us. Hope so, anyways. <laughs> it's looking that way, anyway. At this point, we'll uh, we'll dive into your own personal music journey. So, if you can, can you remember your earliest musical memory? Um, like just as far as music in general, um, what really kind of made me realize that I wanted to be a musician was uh, was my dad. Um, my father and Justin, my front man's father, they played in bands together um, when when me and Justin were growing up together. So I would spend like every Thursday or Sunday evening um, over at Justin's dad's house and hanging out with with their band. And they were just they were just in cover bands or whatever else. But just being kind of down there in the basement, next, you know, hanging out with Justin and just kind of learning from those guys and stuff. That was, you know that was kind of the the tipping point to where I kind of realized that I, that I really liked music and maybe wanted to do something with it someday. And that was, that was when I was a real little kid and I kind of distanced from it for a little while. And when I was going through, you know, school and stuff, but then I, uh, I worked a, worked a couple after school jobs and stuff and saved up enough money to buy a crappy drum set off of Craigslist. And it was just kind of, it was off from there. And when I was, uh, when I was a young high schooler, I kind of got together with Justin and we jammed together and, played some covers every now and then and it just kind of materialized into into this but yeah i would say definitely from a really early age watching watching our dads play in bands and bars and in the basement and all that stuff was was kind of the earliest i can remember of it yeah they must be pretty proud seeing where you're at now oh absolutely they're they're our biggest supporters i always say you know your teenage years it's when you kind of music becomes a very important part of your life and it's when you you find your community through music so when in your teenage years what kind of music were you being exposed to by your peers and how do you think it molded you into the musician you are today um so i kind of always was into just like kind of your mainstream rock before i really started playing my own music like uh like whenever i'd be riding around my dad he'd always have seether or crossfade or something like that um playing in the truck uh, so that was kind of always my my primary genre starting off. But then I, you know, getting into high school and having so many different uh, cultures and people to listen to different things. Like I like all kinds of music, but there was a lot of, you know, rap was kind of, you know, what was the main thing kind of taking over when I was in high school. But uh, once I started hanging out with Justin, he's he's always been a rock metalhead. Um, so he showed me lots of new metal stuff. He was he was one of the main people that exposed me to a lot of, you know, a lot of corn, a lot of Linkin Park and and things like that. So. Um, that was kind of where I started taking influence and that was, you know, where my rabbit hole for, for rock and metal music started was kind of the new metal genre. Um, you know, then after that, I started diving into to Slipknot and Mudvayne and stuff even heavier beyond that. Uh, but I would say what I, you know, my, my main genre that I listen to now is always going to be hard rock and, and metal. And kind of when I started hanging out with him was when that, you know, I really got exposed to all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And your concerts now concerts you've attended what concerts would you say have made you um i would say just for just like raw show being awesome because uh, you know i'm a sucker for a good like production and light show and all that stuff that complements the music itself um i would say i would say when i saw tool a few years back was like a you know that was just that was just a crazy it was like a freight train hit me it was an outdoor venue and we we watched them to probably ten thousand people but i just happened to be at the at the right spot where kind of the sound coned in and hit me you know hit me perfectly and i like the sound of the outdoor venues um other than that one i would say i would say gojiro was another one that was really really good they just had a nice raw punchy sound that i've always been kind of gravitated to and then uh um, on that same festival with Gojira, Thrice was playing on the other stage a little bit earlier in the day. 
Um, and they were another band that I didn't really know much about thrice before I saw them live, but they put on a really, a really killer live show. And that kind of turned me into a fan. And I've been listening to their music pretty regularly ever since. And your own shows then for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? Um, I mean, so we're uh, just a, we're a really kind of raw old school style band. I mean, we don't run any like samples. We don't play to clicks or anything, not yet anyways. Um, so everything you hear from us when we're on stage is something that somebody is playing. It's not something heard over the, you know, over the P over the PA or anything. We just kind of like to maintain that, that intimacy with the crowd, you know, to where it's like, you know, we're working for you and we're working with you to try to make the best experience for everybody, you know, them and us included. Uh, so we really try to bring that out in our music and our crowd interaction between songs and during songs and and all that stuff. So that's kind of the premise of of how we like to run our, uh, you know, our onstage time. Yeah. Yeah. And you've you've shared the stage with the likes of Shinedown, Seven Dust, Book Cherry and Plush. You're currently touring with Powerman 5000. When you're playing with bands on that level, what do you learn? Uh, you definitely learn a lot of um, road tricks. So like this, this Power Man tour that we're on now is a little bit different because a lot of the uh, a lot of the other shows that we've shared the stage with bigger bands like Shine Down and Seven Dust have been kind of like one offers. So you don't really you don't see a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff that they do. But like the Power Man stuff is just like the crew, the crew that 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 is traveling with them. They're they're so nice and friendly and have, they, you know, kind of taken us under their wing, so to speak, and just giving us a lot of tips and tricks on just making it easier because it's it's tough out here so like just quicker ways to set up your gear and tear it down and little merch tricks and uh you know kind of how to get people to how to get people to gravitate towards you a little bit a little bit better and just just general things like that really but like i said a lot of like the shine down and seven dust pretty much all you learn from them one-off shows um is you know when you're watching them on stage and uh, you know those those guys are uh, they're getting older now, so they they've been in the industry for years and years, and they still they still thrash and throw down just as hard as they did when they were eighteen years old. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away is you know you're an entertainer, you're not just a musician. So if you're going to play live shows, you gotta you know you gotta look the part when you're up there and be be moving around like you know like crazy and and just having fun even if you feel like shit so <laughs> yeah yeah and how do you how would you imagine you'd maintain that level of energy and just value in your performance as you get older um so yeah we've been told a lot um by the power man guys that uh taking care of yourself early on in life you know just trying to keep a clean diet stuff like that and you know i know you hear all the stories of bands that they've they've run on hard drugs for the last 20 years but uh I, I know that we wouldn't be able to do that. So just, you know, trying to trying to stay healthy and uh, motivated in the off time. You know, the off time is just as important as as the time that you're on stage just to keep your sanity um, and your mentality and physicality, you know, up to par because you really want to be get, able to give it your 100 percent when you do hit the stage and you don't want to waste any of that energy when you're not on it. So is there a gig that you've played? or a gig experience you've had that you would revisit over and over again as maybe the perfect show um 100 i would say the shinedown show that we played because how that came up how that came about was there's a big outdoor fair in our area called the mississippi valley fair and we got uh entered into a battle of bands that if if you won the prize was that you would get to open for shinedown um you know at that event so we did the battle of the bands and won it well because it was in our area you know, we, we'd been playing in the, the kind of the general area is called the Quad Cities is where we're from. And that's who puts on the Mississippi Valley Fair. And uh, 
So a lot of that crowd was was people that have already been fans of us for years. So yeah, the the Shine Down show um, was the uh, was was probably my number one just because of the size of size of the crowd. You know, it was it was a new experience playing to anything that massive, and we had so many of our uh, our regulars come out and support us and stuff. And it was just it was just awesome to see um, you know kind of that size and that crowd response was just unlike any other experience. And the the goosebumps that I had the entire time it was just like the greatest feeling of the world. So. That's I would I would do that every night of the week over and over. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And to flip it around, then out of every gig you've played, is there one that maybe you'd say was the worst experience? It just didn't go right, and how did you overcome it? Um, I mean, to name just one, I probably couldn't because we've been playing so many shows um for years, and like we started out as a cover band, so we we kind of played a, a you know quite a bit of dumpster shows to kind of get where we are and kind of wean through, um, you know, wean through all the crap, but we did a lot of just kind of dive bar shows and stuff that sometimes people would show up. Sometimes they wouldn't. Um, but I'm, you know, if I can, if I can attest anything to your question, I would definitely say we're glad to be out of those early stages of just playing, you know, any show that you can, you can pick up in the area playing to the same 10, 10 same 10 drunk people in the same bar weekend after weekend, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And as a band at your level, then how do you approach finding gigs and getting on tours? Um, so fortunately, our local area is very lively. Um, the Quad Cities, there's so many cool venues and so many uh, active promoters and stuff that we really don't have to seek out um, like weekend shows or local shows. Like our calendar just kind of fills itself up um, early on in the year because uh, there's so many venues to play at, so many new crowds to see. Uh, but as far as tours go, this is our first full length that it was an actually it was actually an offer that came through to us um, through a company that we're working with to push the EP called uh, Pavement Entertainment. And it was uh, those guys were kind of the middleman that connected us to this tour. So I would imagine um, we will definitely be picking up uh, more offers that that same way later on once we finish this one. But being as this was our first one, that's really the only one that I can I can attest to, you know. Yeah, yeah. And when we're speaking of touring, what kind of antics do you guys get up to backstage behind the scenes? Um, nothing too crazy so far. Uh it's honestly been a lot of miles on this uh on this first leg. Like this is our this is our first travel day and we're on the seventh day of tour. So it's been drive just driving to the venues every day and hanging out um in the alley, you know, in the van before uh before it's time for load in. And then usually, but you know, by the time we get every all of our gear loaded in, it's and pre-stage set up and sound check and whatever else. Honestly, we you know we either hang out at the merch booth and just wait for people to come talk to us, or go take a little nap. But that's about as crazy as we've gotten so far. <laughs> <laughs> right, very sensible. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to shows, what's your pre-show and post-show ritual? How do you psych yourself up, and then how do you wind down afterwards? Um, so pre-show our, our big thing, at least recently has just been stretching. Um, we are, we're a very active band on stage. You know, we, we, you'll, you'd be lucky to catch a picture of us standing still. Um, especially my, my, my front three guys, they're going bananas all the time. And then I, you know, I'm being as, as lively as I can, um, from a sitting down perspective. So you got to make sure to, to stretch out the muscles if you're going to be doing it every night. Um, and then just, you know, make sure you get your water intake cause you're going to sweat your ass off while you're up there. Um, but then, uh, for like on this tour, 
when we've been playing every night, most of the time our equipment's just kind of like set up in front of power mans. So we got to rip it all down right when we get done. So they have room to get up there. So honestly, that takes up, uh, that takes up most of our, our wind down period that we would have otherwise liked to have, but we, we don't mind, but we just get it all out and get everything broken down and packed up. And then we head straight to the merch booth. Um, and talk to anybody that wants to come up and give us feedback good or bad or buy anything from us, you know, um, kind of building relationships and making conversation with people is a, is a big thing that we like to get into, um, especially after the show when we, you know, that's kind of all we have left to do for the night, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, that could be, uh, actually one of the best parts is meeting the people at the merch booth afterwards. Yeah. hundred percent. We love, we just kind of love any, any little things that they picked out. You know, we love, specific situations that they saw that they liked or disliked um about our show so that way we can take it into consideration and either capitalize on it or work on it you know yeah yeah here's one actually off the bat i'm sure it rarely happens but say someone comes up to the merch booth and they're very critical didn't really love you guys how do you turn them into a fan um Wow, that is kind of one off the bat. I mean, all we can kind of do is just be understanding because it just depends on their on their attitude. And if they're already going to be, you know, if they're argumentative and just kind of want to talk smack, that's different than somebody that's actually looking to give you constructive criticism. So honestly, you know, honestly, um, like usually most of the time they'll tell you, you know, instead of doing this, I would have done this. So like if it's something that really kind of makes sense for them to have uh, to have said to us, if it's something that, you know, was like oh okay you know he could actually be right about that um we just have to you know kind of kind of look at it after the fact and just kind of discuss it you know amongst us and see what we can do to make it better and hopefully you know the next time that person comes to a show if at all then they'll uh they'll see you know they'll see that adjustment um and that we took their word into consideration yeah yeah and you know say 30 40 years time you guys are old and gray probably playing gigs in the nursing home at that stage what needs to have happened for you to look back and feel fully fulfilled and happy with your career um so honestly our our kind of our motive right now which i'm sure it's going to change down the road but our motive right now is just to become self-sufficient um because we kind of every now and then we create content um on the side so really just being able to do this uh full time as a as a career to start with is um is kind of where we're at right now um, but really just, uh, stability is, is kind of the, uh, the magic word right now. Um, kind of figuring out a way to be able to make enough, enough influx to keep this thing moving and turn it into a full-time thing, um, is, is really kind of where the heads are at. Yeah. Yeah. And before we dive into the last couple of questions, what are your future plans for the rest of the year? What's set in stone? Um, really we, we, we want to play as many shows as we can this year, just because, um, even today, just kind of still feeling the, uh, the effects and the impact that everybody, everybody trying to do this took, um, when COVID hit. Um, so just trying to get back into, you know, play, just playing as much as we can, whether it be local shows, um, hopefully we get a couple more tour offers come through. And then eventually, um, I think towards the end of the year, we would like to start working on some more music because, uh, we would like to do a full length here. Um, nothing set in stone as far as as far as when that will happen but that's kind of uh you know that's that's coming up on deck hope, hopefully real soon yeah yeah and how how long do fans overseas have to wait before they might get a chance of seeing you that i have i have truly no idea um it's up to uh it's up to their 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 u.s neighbors to to say they like us enough for it to make sense for us to hop on a plane you know? <laughs> yeah 
yeah well hopefully sometime sometime soon anyway yeah yeah definitely right we'll dive into the last couple so if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only who would it be um it, it would definitely be lane staley i'm sure um because my, my my mother was actually one of the few people that i know personally that got to see him um and she she said it was just just the way that his that his voice booms off the stage and the way that he behaves on stage it was just like he, he was born to do that um and he's you know him and his his band um alice chains have always been a, a huge influence on our lyrical and musical perspectives um so i just think he's he's probably the top tier guy for me yeah yeah completely understand and uh, next one if you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history who would it be um it would probably be danny carey from tool um i'm sure within the first couple hours he would probably already be giving me a headache with all these weird time signatures he came up with um but uh i've just i've watched a lot of interviews and stuff of of that guy and he just he he loves his craft um so i don't think I don't think it would, you know, I don't think there would be any, any short of breath um, just sitting there and talking about music and drums and, and his career. Uh, like, it would, you know, we 24 hours probably wouldn't be enough with that for me. <laughs> probably not. And the last one. So what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? The soundtrack to my life? Um, well, honestly, I probably wouldn't be able to choose just one song. Um, but uh, the Deftones record, Koino Yokin, would probably play on repeat. Um, you know, if I if I had to listen to one thing all the time, um, that was just a, a record that I kind of discovered right when I was really trying to get serious about uh, figuring out what I wanted to, my influences to be and stuff. And just you know, that's that 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 album's kind of a perfect ten. It's hard to say anything bad about it. So I would just I would just let that play from cover to cover with you to be <laughs> to be honest. Has to be that one. So, listen, Alex. Thanks a million now. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and uh, best of luck with the rest of the tour. Okay. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it.
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.